Hello, everyone. This is Mark Davis, and I want to welcome you to the Gospel Explorations podcast, where we gather together each week to take time to explore God's Word to learn how we ought to live in this present age. I'm glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Gospel Exploration. So glad to have you joining us yet again as we're continuing uh, working through the book of Matthew. And today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 21 today and uh, take a look at that and uh, consider what the scripture says. Now we've looked at uh, the genealogy of Christ on Joseph's side as listed out here for us in the book of Matthew And we're jumping now into verse number 18 through 21. The scripture says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So as we jump into this passage, looking at verse number 18, uh, we read, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Matthew doesn't really tell us a lot about the birth of Jesus. We really get those details from Luke's gospel. And instead, Matthew really focuses on telling us where Jesus came from. And it really tells the story through the eyes of Joseph primarily. Uh, We kind of see uh, this story unraveling through Joseph's perspective as we read through the book of Matthew. And we see the scriptures tell us that Mary, it says, uh, was espoused to Joseph. Uh, Your translation might use the word betrothed. And uh, really, there were kind of three steps, three levels. I don't know what the word is you want to look uh, look at it or how you want to describe it. But there were three uh, parts, if you will, to marriage in the Jewish world during Jesus's time. The first would have been uh, the engagement. And by the way, these are very different from maybe what um, we would consider modern uh, marriage cultural practices. Uh, Maybe some of the words are the same, but they have a very different meaning. For example, this idea of engagement uh, in Jewish culture during Jesus's time uh, would have been uh, the, the situation, the time where the bride and groom were probably quite young. And uh, they were uh, promised one to another by their parents. Their parents did the arranging of the marriages. And so even as a a young person, they were then engaged, um, promised uh, to be married. Now, the the word that's translated uh, betrothed or espoused here in the scripture, that's the second uh, part of Jewish marriage customs in Jesus's times. There was the engagement. Then there was the betrothal, and this is what made the official engagement, or I should say this is what made the engagement actually an official binding uh, um, commitment one to the other. Uh, During the time of betrothal, uh, the couple were referred to as husband and wife, 
and even a betrothal could only be broken by divorce. Yet uh, there wasn't a consummation yet of the actual marriage, and typically a betrothal lasted a year. So they're first engaged uh, as young people promised to each other by their parents, and then that moves into the betrothal period, which lasted about a year. And this, once they're in this, uh, at the betrothal is the actual binding uh, commitment between uh, the parents and uh, the bride and the groom. And uh, they were referred to by the people as being their husband and wife. And this is a period of time that can only be broken by divorce. And then ultimately, there was the actual marriage, which took, which took place at the wedding about a year after the betrothal. And the marriage would have been that period of time where then there would have been a physical consummation of this relationship. So in Jesus's time, Jewish marriages, Jewish uh, 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 weddings or marriages, I guess would be a better word to put, uh, had these three levels, these three uh, steps, if you will. There would have been the engagement and then the betrothal and then the marriage. So the scriptures tell us that when this is all taking place, Mary and Joseph were in that betrothal, espousal time, that one year, roughly one year period uh, before the actual consummation of their marriage. And the scripture says that during this time, while Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, very clear here, there was no physical relationship. She was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. So Matthew makes it real clear uh, that Mary is uh, with child, and yet at the same time, she's a virgin, which of course we see prophesied for us in the book of Isaiah. And so we understand this. And, and the reality is, obviously, the whole concept of a virgin birth, it was difficult for people to believe back then. And the reality would be if someone showed up and they told us, hey, I, I'm expecting a baby and uh, if a young lady says, I'm, I'm expecting a baby and uh, I have never known a man, of course, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. This isn't, uh, this isn't how this works. And, and so it's obvious there would be people that doubted what they said. And we have to kind of consider this too, that, well, this was a great burden and trial for Mary and Joseph to endure as, you know, here she is, this young woman, she's committed to doing what's right. She wants to be uh, you know, to honor God. And um, and now she's pregnant and she's done nothing inappropriate to put her in this position. And so, um, you know, there's a supernatural conception of Jesus. And uh, ultimately, we even know later in Jesus's ministry um, that there were lies said about him. There were questions posted or posed, I should say, towards Jesus concerning his mother and Joseph, um, he was considered illegitimate. And so, you know, th this was kind of a, it was a, a, a dark cloud that kind of followed uh, Mary and Joseph. And I think even Jesus in his ministry at times uh, for the rest of their lives, you know, I mean, it, it, there, there, I'm sure there are people that when they saw Mary, even years after having given birth to Jesus, uh, there is probably that grumbling, that uh, that whispering, that talk amongst the community of, oh yeah, that's Mary who, you know, every she said she didn't sleep with a man, but of course she was pregnant. So what what do you think? And so you know there was this constant uh, 
um, a scourge. I, I don't know. It, it was this a mark, if you will, uh, that she had to bear. And even Joseph dealt with as uh, Jesus's earthly father and that he continued uh, to keep the relationship with Mary in spite of uh, this, this uh, immaculate conception. And then we read in verse number 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her an, a public example, was minded to put her away privily. So we see, again, Matthew is, re- is referring to Joseph as her husband, even though yet there hasn't been that physical consummation, very different from maybe how we would in our culture give the, use the title of husband and wife. Uh, they're using it during this betrothal period. And so there was this commitment that could only be broken by divorce, even though they had not yet uh, physically consummated their marriage. And the scriptures tell us that he was a just man. Now, a couple parts of that that are important for us to understand. Joseph knew that if Mary had been unfaithful to him, it would be impossible for him to go through with the marriage because of uh, the culture and the, the cultural context. But on the flip side, he was also a just man and that he didn't want to make this unnecessary hardship um, uh, against Mary or, the, or put the stigma against her. And so Joseph had made a decision that he would put her away privately, that he would just seek a quiet divorce. And, and so that kind of brings us to this reality that because they were betrothed, the only way that this could have been broken off was by divorce. And uh, being that it was a public acknowledgement that they were betrothed, like people knew that they were betrothed one to another. So therefore, in order for the divorce to actually be legitimate, people would have to know of it as well. There was no way of getting around that. And yet Joseph, uh, it really seemed like there was a struggle within him and how he would handle this in relationship uh, to Mary. And this is why it says he was a just man and he didn't want to make an example of her. Um, and so he considered putting away, uh, putting her away uh, in a private in a private way. And of course, uh, you know, we read in verses 20 and 21 how this angel comes to Joseph and convinces him not to do that. And we're going to pick up there here in just a minute. Let's have a quick uh, break and we'll be right back. Hey there, listeners. I hope you're all enjoying the latest episodes and finding them both entertaining and informative. Before we dive back into today's content, I wanted to take a quick moment to express my gratitude for your incredible support. It's been fantastic connecting with each and every one of you. Now I have a small favor to ask. If you've been enjoying the podcast and the valuable insights shared, could you please take a moment to leave a positive review and some feedback? Your reviews not only make my day, but also play a crucial role in helping others discover the show. Leaving a review is super easy. Just head over to wherever you listen to the podcast Find our show, Gospel Explorations, and leave a few words about what you love most. It could be a favorite episode, a specific topic you've enjoyed, or simply why you keep coming back for more. Positive reviews not only boost our spirits, but also contribute to improving the show's ratings. The more positive feedback we receive, the more likely our podcast is to reach new ears and make a difference in more lives. So if you have a minute, we would be incredibly grateful for your support. And hey, 
If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like for us to cover in future episodes, feel free to drop me a message. Thank you for being such an awesome part of our Gospel Explorations community. Now, let's get back to today's episode. So picking up then at verse number 20, we read the scripture tells us, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The scripture is really clear. Uh, Joseph is thinking about how he's going to deal with the situation with Mary, uh, in his heart, verse number 19, we, we read that he is planning on uh, putting her away privately uh, as quietly as he possibly can. And then it says, and while he thought on these things, uh, the angel Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Um, now, the Bible doesn't, the Bible tells us this was an angel of the Lord. Uh, it doesn't tell us which angel it was. Of course, we know about Gabriel, you know, he's the one that showed up and uh, made announcements to Mary. He made announcements to Zacharias. And and so we see this, but it, it's obvious there was this angel that came to Joseph in the middle of a dream. And this dream came while he was thinking about these things. And so it's obvious that Joseph would have been troubled by Mary's mysterious pregnancy. Um, you know, he would have been troubled about their future together as a couple, uh, troubled about what he should do. And, uh, but there, there, it just seems to be in the text, uh, this, uh, he was, he was really struggling with making this decision. He was not comfortable with it. And in the midst of this, the angel comes and, and he says to him, Joseph, thou son of David. Now that I think it's a, a pretty remarkable that the angel calls out to Joseph and calls him a son of David. And I really believe it's again, a reminder to Joseph that he is this legal lineage uh, connection, if you will, uh, between uh, the throne of David and ultimately what would then become uh, the very uh, son of God that Mary was uh, carrying. And and the angel tells him, uh, son of David, fear not, take thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Um, it, it appears that Mary maybe hadn't yet told Joseph that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe, you know, she just told him, I'm expecting a baby. Um, maybe she did tell him and he didn't believe her. I mean, we're not for sure exactly how that goes. But the reality is um, the angel makes it clear to him that this child that she has conceived, this child that she has, has come uh, by uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the angel is persuading, is convincing Joseph of this reality. And you have to imagine, I mean, like, you know, in Mary's shoes, um, how would she or anyone else for that matter be able to explain, I, I know I, I'm really pregnant because of the work of the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with anything that I've done. You know, it just doesn't uh, compute. And so this angel appears to Joseph and affirms to him, listen, the things that, you know, that Mary's told you that she is, she has not been unfaithful to you. Uh, she is carrying uh, the son of God. And, and it goes on to say in verse number 21, and I love this verse and, and she, that is Mary shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their 
sins. Now, it's important to note that Joseph is told, hey, you're going to have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. Now, for us in our culture, our modern-day understanding, um, Jesus, the name Jesus really carries a very special uh, meaning to us. Uh, but we have to understand, in, in that culture, uh, Jesus was not an uncommon name. Matter of fact, uh, the historian Josephus tells us that of 12 different men during his lifetime who were named Jesus. And so um, it, it was a common name during, the, during that time frame. Uh, but later, even in our culture now, in our time frame, it's a name that we, when we hear it, we understand um, it is in reference to the deity of Christ or reference to the person of Christ. And uh, the Apostle Paul even tells us in Acts 4, number, in Acts chapter 4, excuse me, verse 12, that there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. It's, it is the name that brings about salvation. And the angel even tells Joseph that it's this name, it's this person, uh, it's the, the, this Messiah, Jesus, who is coming, who will save his people from their sins. And so it's a reminder to us, it's a description of the work of Christ, um, that Jesus comes to us where we are. He left the glories of heaven to enter the squalor of this world. He meets us where we are in our sin, but in order to save us from our sins. And we realize that he saves us from the penalty of sin. He saves us from the power of sin. And ultimately, one day, he will save us from the presence of sin when we're with him forever in heaven. And so this picture is beautiful in that Jesus Christ, who is the King of heaven, uh, the creator of the universe, steps out of that place to step into our place and come where we are to meet us, to save us from our sins. And so this salvation from our sins really is a picture of the Old Testament prophecies and later even the expectation of a Messiah to come and to do that very thing, to liberate his people. And of course, the nation of Israel was looking for a physical liberation, and God first brings about a spiritual liberation before he ultimately will bring about a physical saving of his people. And so it's a wonderful picture here in that it says it was his people. And the picture here is that it, Jesus came to save his people, and that it wasn't just, listen, it's not just the Jewish people but it's all those who trust in him. They become the ones whom Jesus Christ saves. And so it's a beautiful picture uh, that we belong to Jesus Christ as one of his people. And in him, we have salvation. Uh, with that being said, we're going to pick up next time at verse 22 uh, through the end of the chapter. And we're going to uh, wrap up Matthew chapter one. But I just want to say thank you again so much for joining us and uh, for being part of this uh, community and jumping in with us into the book of Matthew. I hope that you'll join us again next time as we continue to uncover Matthew chapter one. Thanks for listening. I hope that you've been both encouraged and challenged today. If you want to connect with us further, please be sure to check us out on the web at gospelexplorations.com. We look forward to having you join us again next time.